correct. Okay. Yeah. Do you do a hard reset? That sometimes clears it up. Um, all right. So let's read the next contemplation. Okay, so you can close your eyes. There are those who, having lost their senses, hurt themselves, by themselves with thorns and such. To get a woman or the like, they become obsessed and then do things like refusing to eat food. Some go and hang themselves, leap from cliffs, and swallow poison or other harmful things. Others go and hurt themselves by living in a way against the virtuous life. If people driven to it because of their mental afflictions even kill their own dear, dear selves, then what surprise could it, could it ever be to see that they also act in ways that harm the bodies of other people? Thus do people live committing acts like suicide, driven by their own bad thoughts. If by some chance you cannot feel pity for them, at least withhold your anger. Master Shantideva was is a really great logician and debater. It just doesn't really seem like it because this text is so sweet, the way it's written. Basically, this is saying people hurt themselves terribly when they're trying to get the things they want. So, of course, they're also going to hurt you in the process. They can't even help not hurting themselves. And then someone says to Master Shanti Deva, you can't say that this guy who broke my heart didn't hurt me. And Master Shanti Deva says, you can see people everywhere trying to get things they want, like money and women, partners, new jobs, respect, recognition. And they waste their money. They don't get sleep at night. They're constantly torturing themselves for things they cannot get. And then people even get really depressed, they hang themselves, they shoot themselves, they jump off cliffs. The normal human being, just the average, is doing so much harm to themselves, why are you surprised that they would harm you? So he's not saying that it doesn't hurt, you know, when you get your heart broken or something like that. But how could we be surprised they're torturing and killing themselves on a regular basis. Then Master Shantideva mentions non-virtue, killing people, stealing, sexual misconduct, which is bringing 
the opposite of what they want. So people are doing these things to get what they want, but it's not going to bring it to them. It's just going to bring them more suffering. Mm -hmm. Sexual misconduct is going to break up their relationships. Stealing, they're never going to have enough in the future. Killing, they're going to endure some kind of pain themselves or die early. And really, I love these analogies. People are like wild animals who destroy themselves unwittingly or like small children who stupidly hurt themselves and each other. Really. <laughs> and then in the, in the text, or uh, maybe he's referring to the commentary, they go into the stages in the womb, which is really interesting, translated into so these different stages when you're in the womb. Jelly blob, sticky cylinder, bumpy, and then they go through the stages of childhood. And Master Shanti Deva says the world basically is filled with a bunch of violent children. Yes. Uh huh, right? They don't even know how to take care of themselves. They can't even do that. So, what surprises it when they hurt other people? And most of them are hurting themselves all day long, doing totally crazy things to get what they want. All of mankind is just like a big gang of violent kids. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Everything they're doing will cause themselves suffering to get women, money, um, fame, even just to get ahead in line at the store, mm -hmm. on the road trying to get somewhere, cutting people off, yelling at people. 99% of these things are bad karma, and they're destroying their own happiness. This is called Shiva, C-H-I-V-A. In Buddhist philosophy, it has another meaning like Pakpa, which is someone who's seen the direct perception of emptiness. Anyone who hasn't is categorized as a violent child. It's like a crazy kid hurting themselves and others, constantly collecting bad karma and destroying thousands of years of good karma. Master Shanti Deva said that People who live that way are cheaper. Humanity is destroying their own happiness. Why be surprised if they come after you? And really, I, for me, the people who are most annoying are usually the ones that are suffering the most, too. Like, maybe I don't know that at first, but the people I know better who get under my skin the most they also have the most problems, too, like the most challenges. Next, Master Shanti Deva says, if you saw a bunch of kids playing with razor blades and cutting themselves, and then they try to cut you, why would you be surprised? You'd be sad for them. You'd have pity and compassion. So it should make you feel sad and this sweet compassion in your heart. Like, oh, I see you creating so much suffering. 
you can't even help yourself. Of course you're going to try to hurt me. So it's just the sadness that that's the state of the world. Okay, the next contemplation. If it is the very nature of those who are children to do harm to others, then being angry with them is wrong, as wrong as hating fire for the fact that it burns. And if the nature of living beings, living beings is to be thoughtful, then all their faults are occasional, and being angry with them is wrong too. Wrong is hating a puff of smoke in the sky. I've used this one recently, and sometimes the logic, I think, can seem like a little silly to us when we hear it, but this one, but then it's actually really helpful uh, when the rubber hits the road, when something comes up, if we can remember these things. This one's, I think, really great. Basically, are people naturally nasty, or are they naturally good? These are the two choices. Human nature is bad or noble. If human nature, if all people are naturally nasty, why do you expect them to be otherwise and why be upset or angry at them? That's their nature. Master Shantideva says, in that case, you should get angry at fire when it burns you if you're gonna be angry at people who are naturally nasty. It's their nature just like it's the nature of fire to burn. But nobody, I mean, nobody does this though. Nobody gets angry at fire for being hot. If it's, if their nature is to burn you, then they're going to burn you. He's not saying this is necessarily true, but if it were. Then if people are naturally kind, why get angry at them if they occasionally slip up and make a mistake? They just made a mistake. Look at their real nature, which is compassion, love for others, and then from time to time they just make a mistake. And I applied this um, logic to a situation recently, and it was so helpful because I was thinking, Okay, I believe that this person is naturally good. So they just made a mistake. It's okay. I make mistakes. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, I don't think I ever think someone's naturally a nasty person. But if I did, I imagine it would be helpful thinking that too. It's their nature. Of course they're going to act that way. But the, the first one was really helpful for me. Do we get mad at the sky because a little cloud comes across the blue sky? No, it just, does, it just seems silly. So if from time to time a human whose nature is noble does something bad, then excuse it because it's not their nature, they just made a mistake, that's it. If their nature is naturally brutal, then why be upset with them? That's their nature. They, they can't do anything else. 
their nature's kindness and love and they made a, mis a mistake, then why be upset? Just forgive them. Either way, you can't get angry. We be angry at sticks. That's what it's called. It's the stick or whatever that delivers directly. If you're angry at what impels it, then get mad if you really must at anger itself, since it's the, since it's the force that sets the other into motion. It's the stick or whatever that delivers directly. If you're angry at what impels it, then get mad if you really must at anger itself, since it's the force that sets the other into motion. Basically saying, this is another proof for not getting angry. You should rather get angry at the true source of the anger than the thing itself that drives the anger. Master Shanti Deva, he says, let's decide who we're going to get mad at if we get hit. This is getting talking about getting hit by a stick. Someone hits us with a two by four. He says. Or someone says, Master Shanti Deva says, I think you should get mad at the two by four. Which just doesn't make sense. We wouldn't get mad at the two by four. Usually we'd say the guy did it, the guy who swung the two by four. That's the person we get mad at. The stick did the damage, but it's powerless without the guy. It's useless to get mad at the stick. Master Shanti Deva says, ha, I've got you now. So the guy is the same. The guy's not in control of himself. He's being driven by anger. Oh, that's where, it, okay. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. So that's where you get mad at the anger itself. So yeah. You have to blame the guy who's moving the guy and not guy's anger. Gotcha. You want to get pissed off, get pissed off at anger. Which just doesn't even make sense either. So I don't know what I don't know what would happen if we tried to get pissed off at anger. It just seems dumb too, you know? Yeah. I was thinking about that in like in terms of applying to somebody who's like really, really angry at me, like, oh, Wow, yeah, this anger that you have, like... I guess maybe you could look at it like... You can get... You know how we talked about last course about getting pissed off at the mental affliction? Mm -hmm. like, so, like... Ah. Yeah. So I did... Apply that some sort of anger in the past. Yeah. 
and now it's coming up now and yeah I don't know I haven't tried this one if we want to get pissed off get pissed off at anger the guy is controlled by his anger as much as the stick is being driven by the guy so it goes back another level We have to get angry at anger, and we can start with our own anger. I'm not sure I've actually really tried this. To get angry at your own anger? Yeah. I've tried getting angry at mental afflictions that come up, but I'm not sure if with anger. I'm going to, oh, I'll try it. Keep me posted. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, the next contemplation. I myself, in days gone by, perpetuated this very harm on other living beings. And so it's right that now the one who did the harm, myself, should have this hurt come to him. Their weapons and this body of mine both of them provide the causes for the pain to come. They produce the weapons, and I produce the body. At which should I be angry? This blister in the shape of a man, unbearable if someone touches it, filled with suffering. It's me who, driven by blind desire, grasps to it. So who deserves my anger when someone harms it? Children want no suffering, but at the same time, at the same time, then they thirst for the things that bring them pain. If suffering comes to you because of some fault of your own, why feel hate for others? Take, for example, the guards of hell and forests filled of trees with leaves made of blades of swords. Every one of them was created by the deeds you did yourself. Who then? deserves your anger. So ultimately, your misdeeds created the person who is causing your anger. Our misdeeds created this angry person yelling at us. Mm -hmm. Where did the world come from if it didn't come from a god, from some guy with a white beard? Yes. Where did the things that make you angry come from? So whoever's causing us anger, maybe the boss that's yelling at us, coworker, friend, they're empty. The boss is empty by him or herself. And if we just look objectively at him, he's a bunch of colors and shapes. In and of itself, the words coming out of his mouth, they're just sounds. His facial expressions are just shapes moving. If it was just noises and colors and different shapes, it's like watching a painting or paint slopped onto a canvas. It's just colors and shapes until something else happens, which is what? 
yep, our mind organizes it in a certain way. Your mind decides boss, yelling, angry. <laughs> and in and of itself, it's, they're just colors and shapes. So if you can, just turn off your mind and look around the room. It's really difficult, but... Trying not to label anything. It's just shapes and colors. So our mind starts to make distinctions and they're not self-existent in and of themselves. We like things that other people don't like. We like certain music other people don't, or restaurants, or movies. And then we take someone to see our favorite band, and they hate it. Or we try to show someone our favorite show, and they hate it. <laughs> and so then, I love this example he gives. Does this mean that we can just serve a big pile of cow poop to people when they come for dinner? And tell them, look, it's circular around just like a chocolate cake. <laughs> and he says, no, it is true. Your mind is organizing it in a certain way, but you're not choosing in the moment how it's organizing it. Can't just imagine that the cow pie is yeah. chocolate cake and it's going to be chocolate cake. Yeah. So if we... And if it was like that, then we could just be in a Buddha paradise now. We would just decide and we would be there. Yeah. <laughs> we could be aware that a cow pie could be a chocolate cake, but we can't change it by willpower. But if a tantric deity walked into the room, that cow patty would be the ambrosia of immortality chocolate cake. Honestly, the same colors and shapes would be that to them. No matter what they eat, their mind forces them to experience it as bliss. They're not choosing either. They have different karmic seeds ripening. Then where did this person in our life come from that pisses us off? Were they made by God? I think, you know, we've already talked about this one. No. They're just a bunch of shapes and noises and colors, and they're formed by our past karmic seeds. And the best way to get this angry person or this frustrating or annoying person back, again, is to get angry at them and replant those same seeds. So the world wasn't created by God or by nothing, it was created by our actions, which means we have to stop being angry. So that's our individual experiences, but is that also implying a larger spectrum of the world too? You mean that everyone else experiences the world the same? Or like creation in general. That we've created everything? 
That's what it is. Yeah, that there, that there is causality. Yeah. Everything, yeah, everything has a cause. Well, like we talked about, except for empty space. Gotcha. Um, is that answering your question? I think so. Keep going, though. So, yes, everything is caused. Um, our karmic seeds are projecting our entire world the way we experience it. Someone, I don't know how you're seeing the world. You could be seeing yourself as a tantric deity, and you would be, and you could see this place that we're in as tantric paradise. So it could completely be different for two people sitting right next to each other. Yeah. So our, our karmic seeds are 100% creating everything. Nothing else is creating it. Only our karmic seeds, not, not, not Buddha, not God, not the, you know, like the Big Bang's not the start of it. Our karmic seeds are what causes everything. And then Master Shantideva says, well, whose fault is all of the unhappinesses that happen in our lives? Who brought our body here? And then we have to understand the three realms in the suffering realm. The form, formless, and desire. And we're in the desire realm, which is by nature suffering realm. The day that we have the direct perception of emptiness, we'll see all the realms. And up until then, we're really just taking the, the word of the teachings for it. But there are, there are things we can see. So we're here in the desire realm. We know that we're having a hard time. Seems like a lot of other people are having a hard time too. And the reason that we came here is because we had mental afflictions. That's why. It proves that we had bad karma. Once we're in this realm, we have to suffer. This body will suffer you know, tired, hungry, sick, gets old, dies at one point. So why are we getting mad at other people for our suffering? It's nobody else's fault for not getting what we want in our life. Nobody else, it's not their fault. If we had the karmic seeds, everything would be amazing in our life. We would be in a Buddha paradise if we had the seeds right now. So it's not anybody else's fault. Nobody else is responsible for us either. So no one else is responsible for, for what our life looks like. There's this Tibetan joke. Not only, so not only are we in suffering, but we like it here. We're trying to have the best suffering life that we can possibly have and get all of the suffering things that we can. And the joke is there's these two flies sitting on a piece of shit and one says to the other, I don't think I'd like it in heaven. And the other says, yeah, they don't have shit there. <laughs> That's a Tibetan joke. <laughs> and then on the other hand, 
this is the best realm to reach enlightenment too. So we had really good seeds to get us here as well. So it's all, we have the perfect balance of suffering and happiness where we want to keep studying. We're not going to just give up and space out and just end up stuck. So not only were we... <laughs> Not only were we so stupid to park our body here, we like it. And then who should we get angry at for that? Ourselves. So anything that's not working out in my life, it's seeds that I planted. It just is. That's how it works. And it's bad here because we're still stuck in this suffering realm. We're going to get old. We're going to die. Other people are in the same situation, and we have to get out of it. Um, ultimately, there's nothing here other than pain. Even when we get the things we like, it's still laced with pain. The fear of losing it, or disappointment, or what, you know, whatever it is. Which we can still enjoy these things, but we just see them for what they are. This realm will burn us. The nature is that it will burn us and we'll suffer. So that's really, that's the last argument that, that um, contemplation that we just read. And also, this is a good realm because we can think really clearly. And we, I mean, like I, like I said, we don't have too much or too little pain. We have just the right amount to keep us on the path and studying. Okay, and then this is the last slide. The four qualities that must go together. There's never an instance where you can have one of these four qualities without the other three being present. That's why it's impossible that our anger and our entire world could have come from some unchanging or unproduced cause. Like unchanging, uncaused God. The first one, say Nupo. Nupo. Mitakpa. Dujepa. Jepa. So the first one, Nupo, is a functioning thing, a thing that does something. The second is a changing thing. The third is a caused thing. And the fourth is a produced thing. Basically, these all mean exactly the same thing. Yeah, okay. There's no thing which is a changing thing, which is not the other three. There's nothing that's changing that is not caused, not produced, or not functioning. All of these things are present. So it's good to have these in mind because we use different words a lot for these things. So if you're making, doing, or performing any function, you're changing, you were caused, you were made. And this, we probably have to think about it a little more to, to get it ingrained a little bit. 
Anything that has a cause is changing. Anything that does anything is changing. If God is doing anything, then he's caused. He's not unchanging, and he couldn't create himself. And this idea really is, it is very profound. It disproves the idea, this type of idea of God. And we just have to think about it. If something is unchanging, it's uncaused. What we really have to do is overcome our childhood bias, just from being taught these things. Even if we didn't study religion you know, in depth, it still permeates our culture. Until we realize that we're creating all the objects that make us unhappy, we're still in deep trouble. So we have to recognize this. Therefore, it's totally insane to get angry at them. We created, the, we created them. Anything that comes up, we created it. So getting angry at these things, it's the path of suffering, and we have to realize that. So the path out of suffering is realizing the cause, where it came from, and then we stop it. I really love the one, the, the proof, if it's their, like if they're a terrible person by nature, then of course they're doing crappy yeah. things. It's like, they're your part. Yeah. It's their nature. Yeah. And if they're naturally a, a kind, loving, noble person, they just made a mistake. I make mistakes all the time. No big deal. I think, I think that one, that one helped me the most, I'd say, from from this class. All right. I'm surprised that took the whole time because it wasn't that many pages, actually. Yeah, there's a, um, the classes in this course are pretty dense. They have a lot of information in them, but a lot of really good stuff, too. Yeah. All right. <laughs> we'll do just like a short meditation, and then we'll do prayers. Totally melt and relax. Feel like your brain's relaxing. Your eyeballs, brow. Your jaw and your shoulders. This wave of relaxation washing down your body. sense that it's 
magical lineage of teachings is just being poured into you, permeating every cell of your body. Brightening your heart and your mind. Giving you the gift of wisdom when you need it. kind, loving heart. all the goodness, all the merit to reaching full awakening in this life to be able to benefit all living beings. Sashi Puki Chukshin Metok Chang Rira Blingshin Yende Gyanpadi Sangye Shingdu Mikte Joku Namdak Shingla Chupar Shuk Iram Guru Radma Mandalakam Niryatayami Gewadi Gewoku Sunam Yeshe Sok Sok Sunam Yeshe Lejung Dampa 